Hallelujah. Amen. May we ever be an apostolic, one God, tongue-talking, holy-rolling, Bible-believing church of the living God. Amen. May we never change, amen, from the doctrine that's in the Word of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. that thing when I was a young boy. He's been better to me than I've been to myself. It's true. I haven't been so good to myself many times. There have been times I thought, God, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve mercy, God. God, I deserve to rot in hell. I deserve to be lost. But he was better to me than I was to myself. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Genesis chapter number 7. Genesis chapter number 7. The Holy Ghost is here today to talk to us. And we will not be long today. So it's going to be so important that we listen. And we preach with the preacher. <clears throat> Amen. Genesis chapter 7 and verse number 1. 
And the Lord <clears throat> said unto Noah, Come thou in all thy house into the ark. For thee have I seen <clears throat> righteous before me in this generation. Skipping over to verse number 11. <clears throat> verse number 11. In the sixth hundredth year of Noah's life, in the second month, the seventeenth day of the month, the same, were all the fountains of the great deep broken up. All the fountains of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were opened and the rain was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. Verse 15, and they went in unto Noah into the ark two and two of all flesh wherein is the breath of life. And they that went in went in male and female of all flesh as God had commanded him. And the Lord shut him in and the flood was 40 days upon the earth and the waters increased and bear up the ark and it was lift up above the earth and the waters prevailed and were increased greatly upon the earth and the ark went upon the face of the waters. It was floating on the water. Verse number 19, and the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth and all the high hills that were under the whole heaven were covered. Everything was covered with Water, 15 cubits upward did the waters prevail and the mountains were covered and all flesh died that moved upon the earth, both of fowl and of cattle and of beast and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth and every man. All in whose nostrils was the breath of life of all that was in the dry land died and every living substance was destroyed which was upon the face of the ground, both man and cattle and the creeping things and the fowl of the heaven, and they were destroyed from the earth. And Noah only remained alive, and they that were with him in the ark. Amen. That old world was buried under water as Noah led his family of eight into that ark. If we could just skip over briefly to the book of Exodus. Just the very next book over. The book of Exodus chapter number 13. And we'll begin reading with verse number 17. And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go. That God, let, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines. Although that was near, for God said, Lest peradventure the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, that body of water, through the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. They went up. Harnessed. I don't know if that means chain, chains and shackles about their hands and feet, but it sure does sound that way. They went up out of Egypt to that Red Sea, bound and still afflicted. The very next chapter, verse number 14, and jumping to verse number 21. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night. And made the sea dry land. 
and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground. And the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them into the midst of the sea. Even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots and his horsemen. And it came to pass in the morning, watch, the Lord looked upon the host of the Egyptians to the pillar of fire and the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels that they drave them heavily. So that the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. And the Lord said unto Moses, stretch out thine hand over the sea that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea and the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared and the Egyptians fled against it and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst or the middle of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that came in, that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. I want to preach for a few moments on this simple thought. Through the waters. Through the waters. Amen. Why don't we set our Bible aside and ask the Lord to talk to us. Why don't we lift up our hands as high as we can get it. Why don't we begin to just talk to the Lord and worship Him. God, I ask You today to talk to my heart. To talk to, to Your people, Lord. Speak through my lips of clay today, Lord. I ask You, Lord, You would speak, Lord, into my life, into our church, into our families that are right here, Lord. I pray that the Word of God would have full effect upon every heart and upon every life today, Lord. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, we're not fail to give you glory in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Amen. I did read a few scriptures, Sister Gina. Don't put all the scriptures up. Just put, amen, the very basics, name and title. Um. But I want to talk about through the waters today. Through the waters. The Bible tells us this. The, we, hear, we, hear, we hear the Bible account of Noah's Ark in the book of Genesis chapter number 7. And in this story, amen, we can study the scriptures in the book of Genesis and we can find out how that the world uh, in Noah's day was completely wicked, was completely evil. In fact, there was none that God could find that was righteous, save Noah and his household. Such was the state of the world in which Noah lived, that everybody else around him was doing their thing, 
was blaspheming the name of God, was only looking out for numero uno. They were only looking out for self, only to satisfy their own pleasures and their own lust. And they were continually wicked and evil. And every thought, every imagination was continually wicked. Amen. Human society was so depraved. Amen. Was so just evil and wicked. Amen. That it had literally repented God of his uh, in his heart, I, I repent that I even made this world. It's so wicked and so vile. Amen. You can turn on the television today. You can just flip channel after channel. You can see almost the same exact thing that Noah faced in this world. Amen. Just wickedness and human depravity and the, uh, the debased thinking of society and a humanistic philosophy that has, uh, that has uh, gotten a hold of mankind. And there's so much wickedness, uh, amen, that was there in Noah's world in Noah's age and God had amen constructed a plan in the mind of God there was a plan for Noah and for his family and for the entire world amen and God said I'm going to bring about a universal flood I'm going to bring about a a worldwide flood that's going to flood this world amen so that the very tops of Mount Everest the very tops of Mount Kilimanjaro the very tops of Mount Diablo and, and the highest peaks you can think of are going to be completely covered with water. God was going to bring down judgment, was going to rain down judgment on the world. But there is always with God a plan of escape. There is always a plan of God, amen, for your escape, for your salvation. Amen. The Bible says it's not the will of God that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen. And God began to speak to Noah. Amen. Noah, I know that you have never seen raindrops falling from the sky. Noah, I know you've never seen, amen, you've never seen the fountains of the great deep broken up and waters begin to gush forth as a geyser. You've never seen that, Noah. But make no mistake about it, Noah, I'm going to flood this world. There's got to be repercussions for the sin that this world has been engaged in. There's got to be some sort of a consequence I am a loving God, but I'm also a, a just God. I'm also a righteous God. And I will not put up with sin. Sin must be dealt with. And so God spoke to Noah. Noah, I want you and your sons, Ham, Shem, and Japheth, to build me an ark of gopher wood. Build me an ark. And it's going to be for the salvation of this world. So that whoever gets into that ark will be saved. Whoever gets into that ark, amen, will find salvation. And it is, uh, we, can, we can hear a preacher preach such as this morning. You can, uh, you can go to the podcast and hear other preachings. Uh, amen. Through a Bud Life Center. You can think of, at certain times during the message, boy, that is a, that's a hard message sometimes. That's a message that it, it's discriminatory. That, that's a message that it just... It just ruffles my feathers. I don't like how it sounds. Amen. It wasn't pretty. Amen. When Noah began to preach. Amen. You've got to get into this ark if you want to be saved. Perhaps they began to say, Noah, that, that's, that doesn't make sense. Noah, I don't know how that could take place. I don't know how that could happen, Noah. I don't know how, Noah, uh, it's going to rain. We, we don't even know what rain is. We don't, we've never seen it rain. We've never seen the fountains of the great deep broken up. But Noah began to preach a message. Amen. Get into the ark. There's a plan of salvation for this world. And there's only one way to be saved. You can't find yourself a cave to hide in. You can't find 
Amen. There's just one ark. And there's one door to that ark. And you've got to get in if you want to be saved. And it was the... Uh, and and the, the Bible tells us that Noah would... Could, when we heard the word of the Lord, he would set about to building and constructing that ark. And it would take him about, it would take him years, in fact, decades to build such a magnificent uh, vessel that could survive the violent storms of the seas. But nevertheless, Noah set his hand to building that ark. And it was uh, just as Noah preached, uh, there came a day in that world in which Noah lived. Amen. That the Bible says that the the clouds begin to break open and the rain began to fall, Brother Joe. Amen. They never seen it before, but the rain began to come down. They never seen it before, but suddenly someone jumped aside and said, Whoa, water's coming out of the ground. What's going on, Noah? Suddenly they begin to realize that guy that we thought was crazy off his rocker. That guy that we uh, we mocked and we ridiculed and we thought he didn't know what he was talking about. How dare he preach such a message like that? Uh, amen. I, I'm so sensitive. I, I can't take that kind of a message. Uh, amen. Noah was not preaching out of hatred. Noah and I and myself here tonight, I'm not preaching a, an angry message. Uh, I'm preaching with a loud voice because of the passion in my soul. For somebody to get this message tonight on this Sunday morning rather. Amen. There is one way to be saved. Just like there's always been. God will make a way of escape for you. Hallelujah. 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 That day came when the Lord came again to Noah. And he spoke and he said seven days Noah. And I'm going to shut that door. Noah preached that message. The Lord gave me an update, everybody. Hey, y'all. However he did it with perhaps a southern draw, I don't know. Hey, y'all. Amen. God said seven more days. Oh, Noah, come on, man. You've been saying that for 30 years. You've been saying that for 60 years. I don't know how long it was. You've been saying that for a long time, Noah. And now you're telling seven days. Yeah, God told me. This is a final warning. God told me. This is it. This is it. This is your moment. And I believe that everybody in this place, under the sound of my voice, amen, will, as you walk through life, there will come in your life a moment of time. A day of visitation, if you will. Amen. It's an appointed time. It's an appointed season in a person's life where there was ever a hunger in a brother Noah's heart and he finds his way to a Bud Life Center or an apostolic church. And he says, I'm hungry for God. And God says, all right, you're hungry for me. Let me reveal myself. Let me reveal my plan of salvation. That's a moment in time where brother Noah has to come to grips. Am I going to do it? Am I going to walk away? That's not what I was looking for. That's not the message I wanted to hear. There's a moment in everyone's life. There's an appointed time in every man's life when God says, this is the moment for your life. This has got to be decision time in your life where you say, I'm hungry for God. And God says, all right, you're hungry for me. I'm going to show you how to get more of me. And God steps back and God says, okay, now you make your decision. And the Bible says that the, as the seven days of Noah building the ark, seven days would pass. And the Bible says that Noah and all his family and every type of human animal, they got to that ark. 
Amen. Just like the Lord commanded, they just stepped into that ark. And I don't know, perhaps it was the very last person or the very last animals they stepped in and that door hit the back of their foot and knocked them inside. They said, whoa, who slammed the door on me? I don't know. Well, I, I don't know. I, maybe, I don't know who did that. And perhaps they looked out that one window that they had and said, nobody's out there. Who shut that door? God shut the door. Yeah. God waited for that last person to get into that ark, to get into that plan of salvation. And so that he would shut the door and say, okay, I have given every opportunity. I've given every chance for this world to get into the ark. And when the people of God, uh, the eight people that were there, Noah and his wife and his three sons and their daughters, they got into that ark, the Bible says, God shut the door. And the Bible says that the rains begin to come. And the fountains of the deep begin to be broken up. And God began to reap a, a judgment upon the earth. And it was only those that got into the ark. And as they went through the waters, amen, into, in the, through the vessel, through the vehicle of that ark, amen, that they found salvation. It's not the will of God that they uh, stay living in a world of sin such as they were before. But God wanted to deliver Noah and his family and whoever wanted God wanted to deliver them from the old lifestyle. God wanted to deliver them from the old entanglements. And perhaps you're here today and you think, I've got entanglements. I've got things that they bind me, they wrap me up, and I can't. The, the more I fight it, the more it grabs me and locks me and pulls me down. Amen. And, and God wanted to deliver his people from the old lifestyle, the old world. And God's plan hasn't changed in 2017. Amen. The only way to be saved from that pending doom, that pending destruction, is to get into the ark. Is to go through the waters. Is to go through the waters that there might be salvation. Amen. And you find, amen, when, the, when the Noah's ark and Noah and all his family got in the ark and they went through the waters, the old had died off. Everything was dead and it was buried in the past and they had new life and there was a new earth that began to sprout up plants everywhere. Amen. God brought newness of life and the old was passed away. And Noah and his family got off that ark. And they began to say, wow, it's a clean slate. It's a brand new beginning. There's, I don't have to worry about my past anymore. I don't have to worry about the things I did uh, 10 years ago. I don't have to worry about the things that I did last year. Amen. They're under the blood. They're buried in the water. Amen. Something so powerful happens. Amen. When people, amen, go through the waters of baptism. First Peter chapter three and verse number 20. Amen. Says which sometime were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing. Wherein few, that is eight souls, were saved by water. The like figure, the like figure, whereunto even baptism that also save us. Sister Gina, would you put that scripture? Amen. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 20. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 20. Which sometime were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing. 
wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. The next scripture. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also save us. The story, the stories of the Old Testament are not there for your ooh and aahing. They are very impressive. They're very magnificent. But they're there for our learning. They're there so we can go back to the scripture and say, oh, that's what that means to my life in 2017. There's application even to the story of no even to the story of Noah's Ark. There's application to your life on a Sunday morning in 2017. This story happened I don't know, 6,000, 7,000 years ago, a long, long time ago, thousands and thousands of years ago. It's not a fairy tale, folks. Right. You, can, you, can, you can do a little bit of uh, investigative research, if you will, and you can begin to search Noah's Ark, and they have found, amen, remains of Noah's Ark to this day in Mount Ararat in the nation of Turkey. It's there. That's where God said it was. It's there. This is not a fairy tale. God put it there so somebody... Amen. Could know the word of God is true. There's truth to the word of God. Amen. We also read at the beginning of this uh, message here today about Moses and how he would lead the children of Israel uh, from the land of Egypt into facing the Red Sea. And through studying the word of God, we know that Egypt is a type of the world. Egypt is a uh, synonymous with bondage. It's synonymous with slavery. It's synonymous, uh, amen, with just being bound and being oppressed. Uh, amen. Egypt is that uh, uh, that's a type of the world. Uh, amen. And God is teaching us a story, even as we study the story of Moses leading Israel out of Egypt. Uh, amen. It was a man of God that stood up onto the scene of their lives uh, and began to fight for the people of God. Uh, amen. There's been many times uh, I've come to this place of worship. Uh, by myself and as a man of God over this church I fought in prayer and I said God you've got to help this people God you've got to save this city and I prayed and I sought God I said God let this people go from the bondage of sin hallelujah I've rebuked hell I've rebuked Satan and I've said devil of the earth. Pharaoh. He could have just given the nod to a fellow, to another soldier, and they would have taken Moses out and killed him. Pharaoh had all the power in the world. The most powerful nation on the face of the earth. The most powerful nation on the face of the earth at that time was Egypt. But the Bible says through the course of 400 years, I believe it is, amen, that well, the Hebrews uh, the Israelites were there in uh, Egypt under the, uh, uh, the brutal rule of that taskmaster, Pharaoh. They began to become slaves. And Pharaoh looked at this growing group of people, the Israelites, the Hebrew people. 
And he began to get fear in his heart. If I don't deal with this uh, people right now, they're already getting strong. They're already getting large. And they're already becoming this great, great group of people. If I don't deal with them now, they're going to overtake Egypt and I'm not going to have my rule. Amen. And, and just the same, just the same, the devil looks at your life and says, I've got to fight a brother Nate. I've got to fight a brother Tim. I've got to fight them. Because if I don't fight them and kill them and destroy them now, they're going to become great. And they will overtake me. And they'll realize one day the power that they've got. And the Bible says, amen, that Pharaoh began to enslave the people of God. And he began to, uh, he began to use them to build the great pyramids that you can study through the National Geographic magazines. Or, or whatever Google images you look at. And there's, there's all these different great edifices that they made to the gods of their, uh, their own gods. Amen. And Pharaoh beat the people of God. He enslaved them. And he told them when to get up in the morning. And he told them when to go to bed. And he told them what they could eat. And he told them what they could wear. And he told them what they could do and when they could do it. And he just ruled them with a rod of iron. He ruled them with an iron fist. Pharaoh, the god of this world. The taskmaster of sin. Pharaoh commanded and ordered the people of God and beat them into submission. And how many times, amen, in our lives in the past, amen, that we wanted to do the right thing. We wanted to do uh, the things that we knew was right in, in the sight of our conscience. And yet there were things that we kept finding ourselves doing. Amen. We wanted to be free. Amen. But that taskmaster of sin kept beating us with an iron fist and saying, no, you are my slave. You are my subject. Pick up that bottle of alcohol. Pick up that needle. Put on that skimpy outfit and walk the corner again. Beat your wife. Do this. Do that. I don't want to do it, God. I don't want to live this way, but that taskmaster of sin can't beat you into submission. How many times did we find ourselves in sin and we try to get out and we find ourselves just entrapped, just enslaved. Amen. Such it was with the people of God in Egypt. Amen. Egypt, the type of the world and Pharaoh, the type of uh, the devil. Amen. Was that taskmaster of sin. Amen. And God sent a man by the name of Moses to face off with Pharaoh. Let my people go. Amen. And the Bible says that through the course of time and, and the different plagues that God would reign over the land of Egypt. That Pharaoh finally said, okay, you can go. You've killed my son. You've taken my crops. You've, you've taken all this valuable commodities that we have in Egypt. We're not even a powerful nation anymore. Amen. And, and Moses had all that impact and all that effect on Pharaoh in the land of Egypt. And finally, the Bible says that Moses led the people of God out. I want to tell somebody today, just because you're not living in sin no more, doesn't mean you don't got shackles in your life. The Bible says that Moses led the people of God out of Egypt, harnessed. They still had chains. They still had shackles. They still had things, amen, that wanted to pull them back. They still had the old entrapments, the old entanglements. That's why it's not enough to just come to church on Sunday morning. It's not enough to just leave that old lifestyle for a few hours behind. Right. It's not enough to just leave the world 
but there must be another step, amen, of going through the Red Sea, of going through the waters. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, amen, it tells us uh, uh, the uh, scriptural, spiritual parallels of Moses and the children of Israel going through the Red Sea. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. The Word of God is a book of application. It's a book of promise. And the Bible says that as Moses would stretch his rod out over the sea, as Moses would obey the command of the Lord, there's going to be many times in your life, such as there was in Moses' life, where you say, I want to do something for God. And God says, all right, what do you got? Uh, well, uh, I, I can't really sing that well. Uh, I can't play. I can't preach. Um, I can't really teach. And you're, and you're going through all these things. And God says, well, what do you have in your hand? Moses said, I just, I got a, I got a rod. I don't know. I got a rod. And God said, you can use that. I can use that. If you'll give it to me, Moses, if you'll let me use it, I'll make it great. I'll make you great. And there's times in this church that you can come and you can say, well, I don't have a lot. And God said, well, what do you have? Well, I got a, I got a car. I got a car. I can pick people up for church. Well, uh, I like this. And, and God said, I can use that. And Moses just simply made himself available to God. And God used Moses. And the Bible says that Moses would stretch his rod out over the sea. That sea of impossibility. That thing that there was no way to go through it, go around it, go over it. Moses stretches rod over the sea. And the Bible says that God caused that Red Sea to part in two. So much so that there was dry ground. And the Bible says, uh, as it recounts the story of this a particular happening that Moses led the people of God through the Red Sea. They went through the water. How many remember that time when you got baptized? I still remember that time. I think I was 12 years of age, 11, might have been 11 years of age. And I went down in the watery grave of baptism. I was baptized in Jesus' name. And I felt brand new. Brand new. Amen. God did a work in my life, Brother Joe. I went through the water. And the Bible says the story of Moses amen, at the Red Sea that the children of Israel went through the Red Sea. They went through the water. And all of the world, all of sin, all of the old past came right in behind them. But as they stepped out of the water, they looked back and saw that the waters had covered the old life, the old world, the old taskmasters in Pharaoh that liar, the Egyptians, those that enslaved the people of God were buried in the water. Something so powerful when you go through the waters of baptism. And that is a type of baptism. Baptism is not a sprinkling. There are religions that would teach that baptism is a sprinkling. But in fact, it is immersion. 
It is being completely covered in water. It is being, it is being buried with Him in baptism. Now, I've been to a few graveyards for some funerals. I don't care to go to anymore if I don't have to. None of us want to go there. But I've never seen a body lying in a graveyard with just a few sprinkles of dust on them and someone left them there. That'd be a mockery. We'd think, oh my gosh, they couldn't even dig a hole and give them the honor, the respect. Nobody buries by sprinkling dirt. Nobody says, oh yeah, there's my uncle. You see him with the flies. In the... That's, that's not how we bury. It's buried with him in baptism. We're identifying with his death through baptism. And baptism is immersion in water. Amen. The Bible says in the book of Micah, chapter number 7 and verse number 19, he will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities and thou wilt cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. There's that theme, that scripture, the word of God, that in the water is where God wants to put your sins. In the waters of baptism, God wants to put a lifetime of sins and God wants to bury them there. God said, I want to deal with that sin in your life. It's got to be covered. It's got to be covered. The sin in your life has got to be covered. You cannot cover it by your own self. God has to cover your sin with the waters of baptism. And the Bible says that baptism is for the remission of sins. It's for the removal of sins. Nicodemus came into the Lord and said uh, a few different questions before the, Lord, before the Lord and the Lord answered except the man be born of water and spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of God he can't see it you've got to be born of the water and of the spirit a few weeks ago we had a wonderful wonderful service and we had several get the Holy Ghost and it was beautiful it was glorious it was wonderful to see the spirit baptisms that took place. But there's also another baptism. It's a baptism of water. It's a baptism of water. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. I want us to just lift our hands for a few moments and I want us to just worship the Lord and talk to Him right now. Come on, all across this house, why don't we lift up our hands and why don't we just close our eyes and worship the Lord. God, we love you today, Jesus. We praise you. We magnify you. God, we magnify the name of Jesus. We give you all the glory and all the honor, all the praise and all the worship. I'm asking you, Lord, right now to bring revelation. I'm asking you right now, God, to bring understanding, God. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, if Sister Lisa could come. Amen, we're wrapping up. The book of Acts chapter 16, verse 29. Talking about the jailer. 
talking about a jailer that God had delivered Paul and Silas from. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. And they brought him out, the jailer, and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? How many has asked that question? What do I have to do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. So many hear this scripture and stop and think that all I've really got to do is find my way to an altar, lift up a hand, close my eyes, and say, I believe on the Lord Jesus, and I'm saved. But to truly believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, to truly believe on him is to believe the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection. The death on the cross symbolizes repentance. The burial in the ground symbolizes baptism. And the resurrection symbolizes the spirit infilling, the Holy Ghost. And Acts chapter 16 would continue. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in the house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized. He and all his straightway. To believe is to repent, is to be baptized, is to be filled with the Holy Ghost. It's still the same. It's always been since the birthday of the church. Romans 6 and 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ. Everybody say into Jesus Christ. Into Jesus Christ. We're baptized into his death. There's that direct connection. I'm being baptized into Christ. My baptism is me believing on the Lord. I believe that he lived, he died, he rose again, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die out to sin. I'm going to repent. I'm going to be buried like he was buried, but in a watery grave of baptism. And I'm going to live in newness of life. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of God the Father, even by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. God wants in this service this morning somebody to walk out of here with newness of life. Newness of life. There's so much we could talk about today as we reflect on Israel in Egypt. The devil had a number on them. They were enslaved. They were uh, shackled. 
They were fettered. They couldn't do what they wanted to do. They couldn't have the liberty to worship God. And how many times in your life you thought, I, I just I need something. I can't do it by myself. I need God. God has, has ordained the obedience of baptism for your salvation today. I want to say again today, if we could all stand to our feet. There is an appointed time in a person's life that God says, I'm going to show up in your life and I'm going to reveal a plan to you. That if you're hungry for it, if you're desirous of it, it will save you and your family. Preacher one time told the story of how he was standing in front of his house and some of the youth from his church rode up in front of his house revving their engine, smarting off the preacher. Mouthing off. Say, hey preacher! How far is hell? Preacher didn't respond. Turns out those youth, after laughing and mocking the preacher, sped off in their hot rod down a corner into a fatal car accident. I don't say that to scare any of you today, but I say that to you realize how fragile life really is. And how valuable a moment can be in your life. How valuable a moment can be in your life. There is an appointed time for your life. And I believe for somebody in this place today, this could be that hour of visitation where God says, I want to show you newness of life. And it's through the waters of baptism. And when you are baptized in Jesus' name, you go completely underwater and we pull you. We don't hold you down there until we see bubbles coming out. We're not cruel. We <laughs> baptize you. But we say a name when you're baptized. And it's a name above all names. It's the name of Jesus. And just as a man and woman before walked down this aisle and were married and she took on his name, when we're baptized in Jesus' name, we take on his name. We become a part of the family of God. Yes, that's right. And old sins are washed away. The old life, the old habits stay in that red sea. And you emerge a free man, a free woman. God, I'm not bound by the old addictions. I'm not bound by the old past no more. I'm a new man. I'm a new creation. I'm a new creature. Why don't we make our way to this front as we close? I'd like for everybody to come. Bring somebody with you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 2 and verse number 38, the Holy Ghost began to move. 
people were speaking in tongues, people were filled with the Holy Ghost. God was doing a powerful work. And the people of that day in the book of Acts began to look around. And they began to say, they asked that question, men and brethren, what shall we do? We've heard the word of the Lord. We've seen the wonders of God. We've seen God do great things. What do we have to do? And the Bible says that then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That promise, that plan of salvation is still for you and I today. It's not discriminatory to your skin color, to your bank account, to the, your heritage, to your past. It's for everybody. So what I'd like for us to do for a few moments is if you believe what I'm preaching today, and I know it's been slower, sometimes we have to take our time and talk about it and teach it. If you believe that today, I want you to lift up your hands and I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to begin to just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. God, I repent, God, of all of my ways. We're going to repent right now of all of the things that we've done. We're going to ask God to forgive us, to wash us, and to cleanse us. God, I pray, Lord, that you would forgive us of our sins, Lord. God, we ask you to wash us and to cleanse us. Lord, to make us new again, God. We repent, God, of all of our ways. Come on, and with your lips, why don't you begin to open up your mouth? And why don't you begin to say, God, forgive me of my sins. Come on with your own vocal cords, with your own lips, with your own heart, with your own hands. Why don't you begin to say, God, please forgive me. God, I've not lived the right way. God, I've not been so good in my life. God, I need you to wash me. I need you to forgive me today. God, I'm asking you, Lord, to forgive me of all of my sins. I'm asking you, God, to wash me, to make me clean again, to make me new again, Lord. God, I repent of my sins. Forgive me, Lord. Wash me, Lord. Forgive me for the lying. Forgive me for the cheating. Forgive me, God, for the backbiting, God. Forgive me for the drug abuse. Forgive me for the alcohol consumption. Forgive me, God, of all the things I've looked at, the things I've partaken of. With the repentant heart, God, I ask you to forgive me. God, forgive me of my sins. Amen. I want to encourage you. 